This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am Astop Foster. And welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Man, how you feeling today, man? You good? Man, I'm feeling good. Feeling great, bro. Um, I don't got too many complaints. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and, you know what I'm saying? Enjoying this weather out here. Today was a beautiful 70 degrees. And uh, hopefully the rest of the week stay like this. Hey, same here, my guy. Like it's it's been it's been nice down here, man. To the point yeah. where, man, pollen that got me, man. Last couple of days, it's been oh, a struggle. God. Yeah, oh, man, it's yeah. been a struggle, and it's just been like I mean, I know I already sound like it, but I'm like, hey, I'm powering through it because <laughs> <laughs> because man, like hey, this this got to be put out, man. We got we got a great episode ahead, but before we get started though, because I was sitting there thinking to myself. I was like, I remember when we did the uh, Snowfall episode, mm-hmm. and you were saying that you was gonna make it like a family night and watch, uh, you know, coming the number two America, yeah, right. Yeah. But we didn't get to say anything about it, right, right, right. So, all right. So this is my thing. So I'm gonna tell. You, I'm gonna tell you, my I went into it with the expectations of I'm going into it to. You know, to see a sequel, I'm not going into it with high expectations. I'm going into it of like, yo, this is, you know, something that where they're going to give us some answers and all this type stuff. And I'm I'm seeing and hearing a lot of criticism. You know, a lot of people are saying it wasn't nothing but uh, but cameos. It was a musical. And I've heard people just kill this movie and say it was trash. Like my thing yeah. was I, I don't think I don't think it was trash. Um I, I think that it was I I love how they was able to explain and actually play out <laughs> how this dude had a kid. Oh man that's and I true. thought that it was a brilliant idea to take them back back to the club, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. play that out with the what they call it, the CG, whatever they call it, new shit. Yeah, that was and right. like make them look young again. <laughs> CGI. Yo, that was that was so dope. So I love how they how they explained it. And I thought I thought that that was dope. Now, I mean I get the criticism of, you know, him having a sketch and finding his son scalping tickets the first day he come out in New York. I get all of that. But you know what I'm saying? You go to the barbershop, you know what I'm saying? Familiar place. Everybody know everything at the barbershop. So yeah. like I'm I like I didn't go into it to be like to 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 nitpick everything apart, but as far as it being 2021, you know, slash 2020, it's it's a different time and it's a different world. And like a lot of those jokes and the stuff <laughs> that went back then, a lot of that shit ain't gonna fly today. So exactly. I understood 
why they went that way. But what was what was what was your thoughts, man? Because I, I I got I gotta hear what you thought about it. Oh yeah, man. Listen, as you know, Coming to America is one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time. Um, we talked about it multiple times, man. I could quote that movie probably backwards and forwards. I don't watch it so much. Um, when it's on TV, I don't never skip over it. I always watch it no matter what part it's on. But I think that they did a great job as far as picking up where they kind of left off. Um, you know what I'm saying? Bringing back some of the old characters, you know, adding in some new ones. I thought that, you know, them having the, you know what I'm saying, the beef between um, a king and the, you know what I'm saying, the, the um, I forgot what his name was in the, uh, well, Wesley Snipes character. Wesley Snipes, yeah. Yeah, but the beef between them two because, you know what I'm saying, he made his sister, you know what I'm saying, bark on one leg and she was cursed like that. Like, to me, that's <laughs> it. Like, it was, it's, for me, man, like, I, I appreciate, you know what I'm saying, comedy and, you know what I'm saying, like, I love, com- you know what I'm saying, comedy movies, but I appreciate the fact that, you know, first and foremost, he had, you know, a great, uh, damn near ensemble cast, you know what I'm saying, shout out to Leslie Jones, Tracy Morgan, Lunell, Nav Green, Rodney Perry, um, you know what I'm saying, Arsenio Hall, he, uh, Eddie Murphy, came back, you know what I'm saying? John Amos is still alive and came back. James Earl Jones came back. Uh, Sherry Headley came back. Vanessa Bell Calloway came back. Um, um, what's that motherfucker's name, man? Uh, um, I'm about to call him Willie. His name ain't Willie. Uh, uh, Anderson. I forgot what his first name is. But, oh, Louis uh, Anderson. Louis. Yeah, Louis Anderson is back. Um, who else came back? Uh, <clears throat> the uh, the the one dude, the, the singing dude, dude, yep, the singing dude was back, and the one dude and in the um, uh-huh. yeah, he oh, he real old now, but um, yeah. oh man, the one girl that played played on the Jamie Foxx show, she was a uh, fly, oh, she was yeah, a flower girl, she came back. You know what I'm saying? The old dude in the barbershop that was like, you ain't never met no Martin Luther King. You know what I'm saying? He was back. Like, they did a great job, you know what I'm saying, bringing back as many people as they could from the original uh, movie or the first movie. Um, I thought that the story was pretty good, you know what I'm saying? Him having three daughters, and then he find out he got a, a son who could, you know what I'm saying, be the heir. I thought that the messaging behind it was great, you know what I'm saying? Him, being a, him having to be a father to a son teaching his son, you know what I'm saying, like life lessons that he, you know what I'm saying, that he would, that he learned from his father. Then on top of that, also being a, a father of daughters, having to, you know what I'm saying, change the the culture and the history, you know what I'm saying, the traditions around where they from in order to let, you know what I'm saying, his daughter shine and shit like that. So, I mean, like, it was a great movie. And then, you know what I'm saying, it was, a lot of people was clowning and saying that it wasn't funny because they kept trying to compare it to the first one. You can't compare it to the first one. Like you said, it's two different time periods. It's two different, you know what I'm saying? It's jokes that could, that was made then that can never be made now. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like when uh, when Sex of Chocolate was on the stage and, um, you know what I'm saying, the the Reverend is announcing him. And, you know what I'm saying, Randy's standing next to him. He's like, you know, this man has been my reverend because I was a little boy. And he kissed him on the cheek. Like, you can't make that joke now because, you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> people are saying it was offensive. But, you know what I'm saying, like, it's, to me, it's 
like that's what I look at. I look at like the little subtleties of the movie that I find funny. But I mean, like they did they did a great job as far as you know him, you know, being American and not from you know says Zamunda. You know him adjusting to the life of Zamunda. And then the only thing I wish is that they did how they did in the first one and was back in Queens. You know what I'm saying like that. But outside of that, it was a great movie. Best part of the movie was James Earl Jones' funeral. I thought that shit was <laughs> the just the the mere thought of him saying that we gonna have a funeral for me, but he alive in the casket. Hilarious. I thought that was the funniest shit in the world, bro. I laughed my ass off at that scene, man. That shit was hilarious. But outside of that, I thought it was a good movie. I ain't had no complaints about it. Yeah, I, I've I've heard tons of complaints, man, and I'm just like. You know, I, even even when we do this podcast, and, and I don't want to be the person who, like, I mean, I've had some low ratings on a few of the movies mm-hmm. that we did. Um, I don't, I don't hold everything to a high regard, but I think it's very yeah. difficult to do what a lot of these people do, and yeah. so I'm not the most critical. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. but I also went into it because when it comes to sequels, man, it's it's really hard. And this was a movie. And then, like, even Arsenio Hall said in the interview, like, dude, we vowed to never yeah, make did. another one. Yeah, it wasn't even but supposed it to be a just, second one. Yeah, but it was just so demanded. You know, people just wanted to see it. Yeah. And, you know, and for them to do it the way they did, and I love how they brought scenes from the first one back, because yep. I think that, you know, when for the young people who probably – you know, don't hold it to a high regard like we do. They or made it more it. relatable. Yeah, they, yeah, they make, and they make it more relatable to those younger people mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, they use the, um, the the costume designers from Black Panther. So if yep. anybody thought that some of the outfits looked similar, that's why, because they used the same people um, to do the costumes. I thought that that was badass. Wesley Snipes, man, um, yo, he's a whole legend out here, man. Yeah, he showed like, up. He, 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 he was did a he great was, job. He he yeah. He was one of the like the he, he kind of stole the show. Like to be honest with you, like every scene mm-hmm. he was in, like he he stood out. And you know, one other thing that was hilarious to me, what was hilarious to me was <laughs> when John Amos was talking about his big floors. We put the ingredients. <laughs> He's still stealing from McDonald's, man. He's still stealing from McDonald's. You got, listen, see, this is what I'm talking about, bro. This is exactly what I'm saying. Oh, like, my God. That, to me, that, oh. is, that is the genius, bro. Just, that is just the genius of Eddie Murphy, bro. Like, the fact that it's been all this time. It's been 30 oh. years. This man is still stealing from McDonald's. <laughs> That that whole, that scene right there, bro. That was amazing, bro. He was like, "It's Yo. not the big back, it's the big Mick. It's not the golden arches, it's the golden arch." When they both said it, though, like, "Come on, man!" Like that's it's oh. that's what I'm talking about. That's why I said like a lot of people was clowning this movie, but what they don't like a lot. I feel like a lot of the people that was clowning this movie really just was people who weren't fans of the original movie because. The fact that they was going back and doing so many references from the original, like at the end when Randy Watson showed up for the uh, for, for the wedding, and then he at the wedding, and then um, Peaches and the other twin come out rapping. Like, come on, that bro! Was like, <laughs> come on, man! Like that was dope. You know what I'm saying? Like even um, 
What was the one scene? Even even when they came back to the barbershop. And you know what I'm saying? He was like, hey, it's uh what do you call that motherfucker? <laughs> it used to be uh, Kunta. It used to be, but he changed it to something else. Yeah, he, uh, he changed it to Kunta. He called him something else, but it was just funny just the fact that, like, you know what I'm saying, him walking in there, and then they still got the jokes. Like, you know what I'm saying, it's still the old dudes without the jokes. Like, it, it's just, it, it was it was good to see that, you know what I'm saying, Eddie Murphy still had it in him, man. Um, only thing that made me laugh, bro, for real, for real, like, super, like harder than the, the funeral scene was when I first seen um, – when I first seen Arsenio Hall, me and my little cousin we was watching it. We was on the Xbox, and I was laughing because I'm like, man, he looked like somebody older auntie. The way he was dressed up with the makeup and all that, like he looked like somebody's auntie. And then it turned around like he doing the the witch doctor who was supposed to be his dad or parent or whatever. I thought that shit was funny, man. It's like it, it was so many good moments in this movie that you know what I'm saying. Like for people to even oh, and shout out to Rick Ross, bro. Shout out to Rick. Ross. Rick Ross, man, I know he had like a, a small eight second part, but I think he did a hell of a job, bro. Like, first off, they used his house to do the whole Zamunda part. So that was dope. And then for them to even give him a part and for him to have the African accent <laughs> when, when Wesley Sykes <laughs> walked up on him, him and Michael Blackson, and he took that part, bro. He did his thing, bro. Shout out to Rick Ross. I think Rick Ross did a hell of a job on that scene. That shit made me laugh, too, because it was so funny seeing Rick Ross with the African accent, bro. And he wasn't half bad at it, either. So I appreciated that. I thought, you know what I'm saying? I thought the movie was good, man. Tiana Taylor did a hell of a job for them to even go back and reference the Vanessa Bell Calloway shit, where, you know what I'm saying, the, the son got her barking and shit. Like, I thought that was dope, man. I thought yeah, super dope. Yeah, man, I'm still, I'm still cracking up, dude. I'm still crying, but because that was the one thing. Like, it was some other funny parts. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but like that shit. Like, and maybe it was just me. I just thought that that shit was so funny when he yeah. said that my shit is at the bottom. <laughs> I was like, yo, this dude is a fucking clown, but like, hey, that up, was man. that was the one shit. Hey, that was the one thing that made me laugh out loud, man. Yeah, but I had to mention it on here, man. Oh, yeah, I had to mention it on here, man. Yeah, man, Cleo McDowell, boy. Sister didn't show back up, though. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, that's because the only thing. Michelle wasn't back. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get to see what happened to Soul Glow. So that was that was a little let down, but you know, yeah, they can only do so much. And and uh, but I think I think the actress might have died. I'm not sure, but like his mom. Um, from the first one, she wasn't in it. Uh, um, yeah. but they said, yeah. but they said that uh that James Earl Jones was uh you know he's having health issues, and they said that yeah. they had to fly like that 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 part that was when he was in the bed like that was his house. Yeah. Like they yeah. said they had to film that in his house because his health was uh was declining. So for him to even do it, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of like some. I don't want to compare it, but, you know, for people just to get the picture, you know, similar to a Chadwick Boseman type of situation, you know, similar. Yeah, He's just like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do this for the love. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm not doing so well, but, you know, you asked and I want to be a part of it. So I thought I thought that that was dope. So it was only yeah, right man, for I, him too. And, then, and listen, when he was when he was in that goddamn coffin with that crown on, bro, <laughs> that nigga. 
opened his eyes and started smiling. Nigga, I'm telling you, bro, I'm sitting here watching it. I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, hold on. I thought, you know, because they switch over, he in the coffin. So I'm like, damn, he ended up dying. Like, that's fucked up. And then he look up, he starts smiling. I'm like, bro, this nigga's alive at the funeral, bro. I didn't talk real loud. Like, bro, this is the, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. This nigga had a funeral while he was alive, man. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. Like, yo, that that was, yeah. Add add that in there. That ain't that ain't at the top, but it's definitely in there, bro. Eddie, Eddie, they did they thing in that. Yeah, man. I I feel you, man. I I had I had to get your thoughts on it, man, because that because I I need to watch it again. I only watched it once. But yeah. you know, but like I said, what, what got me the most is when I forgot what he called it. He called it the uh, the uh, damn. McFlurry. I forgot what he called it. He got it McFlurry or something. Yeah, and he was like, "Yo, he was like McDonald's put theirs at the top. I put mine at the bottom." And I was like, "Yo, yo, that, that's the one scene that made me laugh out loud, man. Hilarious. It made me laugh out loud. I thought that was hilarious, man." Um. But before we get into it, man, I just wanna um I just wanna let people know, like when it comes to this podcasting thing, like what what really what really drives me, man. And it, and it's not it's not like looking, you know, for acknowledgement. It's just the fact of like when you take your craft as seriously as like we do, like when we do this thing, it's like when you hear certain shit, like that shit make you wanna do and be better. And so, you know, I get the uh the interview. Uh I think I mentioned it on here, but I didn't say what it was. I said I had a very special guest coming up on, you know, one of my platforms. Well, actually I put them on both of the platforms. Uh, I did a right. double feature. I had an interview with uh with Willie McGee. And for the people who don't know who Willie McGee is, you know what I'm saying? He's the athletic director of St. Vincent St. Mary High School in uh, Akron, Ohio. And he's one of the dudes that was in the movie slash documentary um, more than a game. So what that means is like he grew up in best friends with LeBron James. So national championship winners, state championship winners, man, the one of the best high school teams to ever play basketball. Yeah, man. And like to have him on the podcast, man, it was, it was a tremendous honor you know what I'm saying? I did my best with it, but like what really what really got me was uh I think it was Casey first. Like Casey had hit me mm-hmm. and he was like, yo, he was like, I listened to that interview and he was just like, Man, you killed it. The and then he asked me, he was like, he was like, yo, he was like, Where did you get those questions from? He was like, Cause everything just flowed like like yeah. automatically, he was like the way you sided up, all that type stuff. And I was like, yo, I was like, I got to credit Scoops. I said, because I said, I went to him and I was like, yo, like I'm kind of nervous about doing it. Nah, nah, nah. And you was like, yo, like write down your main questions and then, you know what I'm saying, just go from there. And mm-hmm. it was like, that really made it a whole lot easier because, but he made it really easy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he had like a lot of stories uh, in between the questions and stuff. Um, I think, and then like we just really turned a lot of it into a conversation, they'd be like a question, little conversation, and then the next mm-hmm. question. And like to hear like the feedback from you and the feedback from Casey, man, like, it, like I say, it, it's not for acknowledgement. It's just like, you know, when you're working on your craft, cause like it's, 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 
a never ending working cycle. Like you always work on your craft. Like I feel like you would never, you know, do it to perfection. Like it's always something that's constantly going. And like to, you know, to get the words from both of y'all, like to listen and be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like you did, you know, a great job, even though I felt that Willie just, you know what I'm saying, went into it and, and really gave me everything. Cause I asked him beforehand, and he was just like, yo, I'm an open book. And I remember telling you, I said, yo, I don't want to ask him no LeBron questions. I yeah, said, because. But, and you did a great it, job at not doing that too, though. But see, the thing that I liked about it was, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, like you, you went along with the questions, but in between the questions, like he might have brought something up and you didn't hesitate to, you know what I'm saying, have him elaborate on that. And I thought that that was a great part because, you know what I'm saying, like a lot of the stuff that he was saying, it wasn't really him driving it. Like, that's why I was telling you, like, you really controlled the tempo and the flow of the interview because, you know, those five questions really is just the outline. And when you have an outline, it's a little bit easier to, you know, have a direction that you want to go. But at the same time, off of those questions, you'll get stuff that you hear in between that, you you know, you might want to elaborate on or you might want them to, you know what I'm saying, say again because, you know, you might not have understood it. And that could lead to who knows what, but you still have, you know, so your questions to go through that way you can still stay on track. And what I thought was super dope about it was, you know, so like I told you, it, it didn't sound like an interview. It really just sounded like two friends catching up. You know what I'm saying? The way you guys started with it, how, you know what I'm saying, you guys met in college and, you know, say so y'all was going back and talking about people that y'all knew and, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the, the moments that y'all had, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was funny when he was saying, like, he, he could throw the, the pass. He couldn't throw none of the intermediate passes, which was bad for you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got a good laugh off of that. I thought that was good because, you yeah. know what I'm saying, you, you understood that connection. Like, it, it didn't seem as if, you know what I'm saying, you doing this like a, a job. It just felt like it was two friends kicking back, catching up. And I think that's why, you know what I'm saying, the interview sounded so great because it, it felt natural, it felt authentic, and it felt forced and, you know what I'm saying, robotic. But it was a, it was a great interview, man. I, like I told you, I cracked up when he started talking about he went from high school to flying jets and getting sponsored by Nike to, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> going to college and getting on buses. I'm like, man, I was actually a huge turnaround, bro. I was actually a huge hey. turnaround. No, I'm, I'm surprised you weren't cracking up over the uh... – like, dude, like, this dude go from, you know what I'm saying, getting the stuff as far as, like, being sponsored by that. And then we getting our game day pants, my guy, yeah. game day pants from Mark's high school in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. It's like, man, they ain't even buy new pants, dude. That's they got them used pants. Like, dude, that's how low down the totem pole they was, man. Like, but now the school is nice. It's nice now. Uh, I mean, I haven't been up there in a while. Um, last time I seen it um, was probably like 2010 or something like that. And they yeah. built like this whole new science center and like the school, like the field. Cause dude, we used to go to Fairmont State Senior, which is the high school. Dude, they had a mm-hmm. turf field. We practiced our spring game on their turf field, and our field didn't even have turf. <laughs> like we had regular grass. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that's just crazy. And then, like, even to hear him talk about how, like, you know what I'm saying, like, they, they was at all-star games, and they meeting Beyonce and Rihanna and Jerome Bettis and all these people. And it's like, God damn, like, you, you forget as he's talking, you forgetting that these niggas is in high school. 
Like they not even, <laughs> these niggas ain't even in college yet. Like these niggas is literally in high school doing all yeah. this. Like it was just it was just so crazy. And then it's funny because you know what I'm saying, like me being from Ohio, like I don't necessarily know exactly how it was, but I remember how big it was because you know what I'm saying, like Akron is right up the way. You know what I'm saying? That's right up the highway. So, you know what I'm saying, that to hear about St. Vincent St. Mary was that was just the whole time LeBron was in high school, he was on our local news during the, the sports segment. And it was like, mm-hmm. they was cutting some of our teams out just to talk about LeBron. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? I remember like one year they had like LeBron watch, seeing if he was going to go to college or go straight to the league. So, you know what I'm saying? Just even remembering that and, and remembering that team. Like he, I remember he came down here and played, um, and played Ketter and Alter. And like, uh, or they called it Archbishop Alter at the time. But then he they came down there and smoked their boots. And I'm talking about when I say that whole gym, <laughs> that whole gym, bro. They was at, <clears throat> they was at literally a college. Uh, uh, they was at UD's arena and sold it out. And at the time, UD didn't even sell it out. So for LeBron James and that team to come down in high school and sell out a college arena when the, the school that they played at, I mean the school's arena that they played at, didn't even sell it out was crazy it was just like it was it was so unbelievable just to see the hype around that and then going back and watching more than the game and seeing just you know what i'm saying what coach joyce did you know what i'm saying what drew did and what everybody else on the team did like just to see how you know what I'm saying they literally came up from kids all the way to high school and really created this family really created this team it was just like yeah you you've seen why they was able to win the championship that they won and you see why they was able to do what they did. Yeah, man, it it was I do it was it was truly an honor, man, to uh, to have them on, man. It it turned out to be dope, man. And and like like I said, you know, to put a button on it, like you forgot to mention, these dudes in high school sold out. You know what I'm saying? Cap- yeah. I don't think it was quick as arenas then, but like no, they sold out. In- dude, they sold out a damn NBA arena, dude, in high school. Oh yeah, that was, like, that was the Cavaliers. Yeah, that was the Cavaliers. It's like, can you imagine? Like, because I thought, you know what I'm saying? Because we, our playoff games, like, because it's different. Like, I've went to some high school games, not last year, but the year before. Like, I go to my old high school games sometimes. And it's like, I look at it, I was like, God, man, it, it seemed like it ain't nobody here. Because when I played, like, the whole stands were full. The whole, uh, like, all around the gate was full. And it was like, yeah. we, we would, like, they would squeeze in there, like, I know like ten thousand people, mm-hmm. and it's maybe not ten, maybe maybe more like eight, and it's like these dudes play in front of like you know what I'm saying, man. 60, listen, I seen, that, in I seen that one time. I seen that one time. It was at I forgot what year it was. I want to say it was maybe around like oh six oh seven, maybe not not maybe oh five oh six, but it was um. It's a tournament that we got called Flying to the Hoop that they play at the University of Dayton Arena. And it was Chris Wright and Daquan Cook. It was Dunbar versus Troutwood. And when I tell you, bro, everybody was there to see this, everybody was there to see this. Chris Wright was going to the NBA. Daquan Cook was going to the NBA. But they both was on their way to college. And then behind I, – I don't know who I don't know who else Troutwood had on their team. But Dunbar had uh, Norris Cole at point guard, and then they had another dude um, named Aaron Poe 
at center, and then they had another dude named um, I think his name was like Darren Powell. He played at um, power forward, but when I no he played at I think he played at small forward. But when I tell you, bro, they had a squad when Dunbar had a squad. Man, listen, this was probably one of the best high school teams I've seen personally. They came and beat my high school 101 to 29. Holy God. Yeah, that's how good they were. I mean, like they was when I tell you they was good, like they were good. Like they was they was dogs. So to to see two of them come out, um, I know Daquan, he had a little stint in the NBA. Um, he played for the Heat, the Thunder, the Bulls. I think who else he played for. I think that was it. And then I know Norris went to um went to Miami. Miami. Won, yeah, won two championships, then went to the Pelicans. And then Chris Wright coming out of Childwood, he went to Golden State. So it's like out of that class, they really had some hoopers. So to be able to see all them, you know what I'm saying, play together was it was amazing. So I can just imagine how it was being able to see like LeBron at his not even at his peak, like at his beginning. And then, you know what I'm saying, like seeing him dunking on kids who think they can play against him. Man, and, and uh, y'all, this is the last thing I'm going to say. And we, then we're going to get into the appreciation episode. But <laughs> the first time I heard about that, like around here, and it might surprise you. So, like, as far as, like, high school stadiums or arenas, like the biggest one in this area was Burns at the time. Mm-hmm. Burns probably <laughs> could see about, I don't know, they probably could see about, in the inside gym, they might concede maybe 20, maybe not 20, more like around 15, 20, yeah, maybe around about 15, 20,000. Dude, they had to move the school called Clover, right? Was it? No, it wasn't Clover. It was a, I think it, I think it was Clover. They had a basketball player named Ivy Ladder. It was a girl. Her, she had so much buzz, dude. They couldn't play home games at day. And Clover's like, like maybe like thirty minutes from Burns, but yeah. like the hype was so big on her, they had to move all her home games to there because it wasn't enough seats. And she ended up going to North Carolina. She played with the Tar Heels, and then um, she got drafted by the Atlanta Dream. And she played mm. with the Atlanta Dream for a couple of years. But that was the first time I seen – because, see, Ivy Ladder was – let me see. I think it was – I think it was right around the t- – it was, like, my senior year or my first year of college when, like, when th- this big buzz was about her. And they mm. did that for a girl, dude. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying, no, like – I know what you mean, though. Like, yeah, just yeah, being able like, to see that. Like, she had to be wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She had to be wrong. Because, you know, they do that mostly for, for men, you know what I'm saying? But to do yeah. that for a female basketball player, that was dope. Yeah. But, man, we'll get into it, man. Like, this this is this is one of the ones, man. And this is no disrespect to her because we done went 30 minutes before we got into it. Right. But, uh, but man, this was one uh, I, I remember mentioning to you because I was like, like I say, anytime you think about, like, actors and actresses and stuff like that, there are certain mm-hmm. names. That always stand out to people and like this person they don't for some odd reason like even though she got everything you know what i'm saying she got the looks you know what i'm saying got the body she got the acting skills she got you know what i'm saying everything that you need she can be funny she can be serious all the type of stuff but she never get mentioned and the actress right. that we're covering today man the appreciation episode man is on 
Charlize Theron, man. And like, That's right, man. you know, and and I'm going to start right off the gate about something, an unknown fact that I just found out. Like, maybe it's not unknown to most people, but, dude, I just literally seen this. Because, you know, when you look at her credits, like, she has a lot of credits as being a producer as well. Yeah. She was a producer of a show that we done on here, dude. And I had no idea. Dude, she was a producer on Mindhunters. Oh, really? Yes. Every episode, both seasons. Wow. I had no idea. Like, we did that show through in and throughout. Like, matter of fact, that was one of our, like, greatest shows that we've done. Like, we tend to do better on, like, shows and stuff. She was a a producer on that, dude. Had no idea. No idea. And that just shows you, like, how talented this person is, man. That's crazy. Yo, so, like, um, she's an interesting person because, first and foremost, um, she's not from America. She is from South Africa. Um, she was born in South Africa, moved here with her family. Um, and it's interesting because I remember somebody, I forgot what I was watching, but somebody had made a joke and they were, well, it really wasn't a joke, but they were having like a debate thing, but they were technically making a joke because like somebody was saying like, well, you're African American. And it was like, no, I'm not African American. I'm an American. I talked to a black person. They was like, I'm an American. You want an African American, you need Charlize Theron. She's African American. So I started laughing because I'm like, what? Like, how does she African? Like, that's a woman ain't no damn African American. So when I look it up, I see like, oh shit, she she's born, you know, really? in yeah. South Africa. So you know, um, yeah, man, she she hailed from the motherland, and um, yes, yeah, man, uh, she she has some interesting credits. That's some very interesting credits. Um, one of the ones that stood out to me, which I had no idea, um, but I'm really not surprised, but she was one of the voices on Robot Chicken. And um, if anybody okay. doesn't know what Robot Chicken is, Robot Chicken is a show that uh, Seth Green created um, back in like the early 2000s that was on um, Adult Swim slash Cartoon Network in the early days. Great like animated sketch show hilarious moments in it, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't know that she was a, actually a part of that. And she actually has some, you know what I'm saying, some great, great credits, but she's been a part of some um, some amazing movies as a um, as an actress, but like you said, as a producer as well. Um, she won the best performance in a leading role in, as an Oscar and for Bombshell in uh, 2019. Um, she won it again in 2006 um, for a movie called North Country. Let me see. Uh, she won it again for Monster in 2003. Um, she won a Golden Globe for Bombshell. She won a Golden Globe for... Um, a movie called Tully, Best Actress. Um, another one in 2012 for uh, a movie called The Young Adult. She also won a Golden Globe for Best Actress in North Country um, and Monster. Uh, she won one for a supporting role in a movie called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. So, I mean, like, she she really has a, um, a phenomenal career, man. Um, 66 total wins. 
in the wards and at least 145 nominations. That's dope. And I and yeah. I think all of it is well deserving, man. And like to get back to that thing, like I didn't know she was um from South Africa until she uh she did an interview with um Bill Simmons probably like two yeah. years ago. And I'm listening to it and she's talking about it. And I'm like, what? I was like, I had no idea. And she was saying, like, you know, how how heavy her accent was when she first came out here. And like she did the typical, like, you know how like in movies they always portray this whole thing of like, you know, a woman working in a diner and she's trying to be an actress and all this type of shit. Like, that's yeah. real shit, dude. Like, she came here and she became a waitress. You know what I'm saying? To, you know, wow. fulfill her dream of being yeah. an actress. And it was just wild to hear that story. And it's like, yeah. man, like, that's real? Like, cause they, they just, it seemed like they just be throwing stuff in movies sometimes. And like, and like, that's mm-hmm. what she did. And she had to do, you know, had this voice coach because she was saying how deep her accent was because she like really never traveled. So like, and like, but her first credit though, she didn't really have any words, or anything. She was in Children of the Corn 3. Yep, but, 1995. Um, yeah, 1995, man, and she didn't, um, she said she didn't really have any words in it or whatnot, but, you know, that gave her that that thrive to, you know, saying to really do more because a lot of people looked at her as just, you know, a pretty face model type girl, so she had mm-hmm. to prove, so for number one, like, she had to get rid of her accent, she had to prove that she was more than just a face and all of this type stuff, so she had to overcome a lot of the stereotypes early on and one of the one of the movies, man, where like when when she made that that change for me, like yeah. I mean, I've noticed her before. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm a huge fan of The Devil's Advocate, um, The Astronaut's Wife, uh, Reindeer Games, all the stuff like that. But what really turned the tide for me when it came to her was when, like I said, in the in the uh, coming soon, was when she transformed herself into a monster, dude. And, like, when mm-hmm. she did monster, like, the, the confidence that you got to have to do that to yourself and to really look like this lady. And, like, that was that role. To me, that was that defining role that took her over the top for me. I'm, saying, I'm not saying, like, you know, for her, maybe she feels like it's something else, but for me, it was like, and then I think that that was the first time she became, I think that's her first uh, producer credit was yeah. on Monster. So it was obviously a story that she really wanted to tell. And I think that even that movie, you know, when you think about a girl that was, you know, raised the way she was raised and how she was on her own, and she started, you know, using her body for money. And, but then also, you know, when they show you her getting raped and how men were taking advantage of her. Now, obviously, I'm not justifying it, but you know what I'm saying? You you kind of see why she started doing what she was doing and then she felt yeah. that it was, I'm talking about the real lady, like, and she kind of felt that it was deserving because she was like, yo, these men are doing this to me and then she meets this girl that's really gay and she's not gay so she's trying to act like she's gay because it's just a person because she was, you know, thinking about killing herself. So, mm-hmm. but for her to play this role, man, it, it, it took it took a lot of guts, man, because you would see people 
They would, you know, they would lose weight for movies or they gain weight for movies. I mean, like she gained weight, man. She did the whole teeth thing, man. She didn't, you know what I'm saying? Put man, dude, to 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 make yourself like physically ugly mm-hmm. when she's not an ugly person. Like, dude, that's that's woo. That was wild. It, it, it sucks seeing yeah. her like that, but she killed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was worth it. But my- yeah. She got back to herself real quick. Yeah, my first time ever seeing her um in a movie and I, I mean I had I didn't really know who know who she was, but my first time ever seeing her in a movie was Mighty Joe Young. Um that was literally the first time I had ever seen her in anything. My favorite movie that she's in though is Aeon Flux. When I tell you that she did her thing I mean, it it was at the time you gotta remember, like it's not too many women doing, you know what I'm saying, like action roles. You might have like um I don't know, I'm trying to think, like Mia Mia Djokovic, she she did a couple. Um what's the one chick that's always doing the uh she always in the action movies. Um she was in Fast and the Furious, she was Letty in Fast and the Furious. Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle, I'm about to call her Gina Rodriguez for some odd reason. But Michelle Rodriguez, she, you know what I'm saying, you see her here and there doing, you know what I'm saying, action uh, action parts. But you really don't get a chance to really see women in those action films and it be, you know what I'm saying, like believable. Or, you know what I'm saying, like, or they didn't make it, they didn't cater it towards a woman. Like, they would have them doing, like, manly things. Like, I don't know, a dude would be able to, you know, so like a, a a big dude be able to punch through the wall, and then like they have like a frail little tiny skinny woman. She's probably like a hundred ten soaking wet, and she be punching through a wall. You be looking like, come on, fam, that ain't that's not ain't no way her <laughs> little self punching through a wall. You feel me? But this was one of the first movies where I seen a woman in the action role actually be able to, you know, seem as believable as it was. Like it was set in a dystopian setting so you know they had different elements to where like um you know they were you know saying like they were like genetically engineered and shit like that so when she was actually doing stuff it wasn't you know what I'm saying it wasn't too far-fetched of what she was doing but it wasn't like you know what I'm saying too um it wasn't too ex- extraordinary for what she was doing like she would do things like I don't know, uh, cartwheel over a laser. But the way she cartwheel over a laser, it just seemed realistic. Like, she would be able to do something like that. So, I mean, like, to see her in that movie, that's when she really stood out to me. And that's when I really started looking for her. The first time I seen her was Mighty Joe Young. But the first time I paid attention to her was Aeon Flux. I thought that was a great movie. And then for her to take the leading role and for her to be in that movie and, you know, to make that movie what it was, you know, for her to take on that action role was was very impressive. Yeah, man. And then she did it again with uh with Atomic Blonde, and yep. uh, as far as like the leading role, I mean, you no, know, she was in uh Mad Max. Um, she, you know, what I'm yeah, saying it's an action movie. Yeah, um, Yeah, and Mad Max, and then you know, obviously the old guard. We did the old guard yep. on this podcast, and also, uh, I mean, she didn't. Yeah, she didn't really do any of the um, action scenes, but, you know, she was in um, 
Fast and the Furious, the Fate of the Fast and the Furious as well. Yep. But yep. I see that there's a, uh, it's been announced that there's going to be an Atomic Blonde 2. So that's okay. going to be dope as well. But, you know, but something, something else I want to mention is the fact of like her, how versatile she is. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, have you ever seen Young, young Adults? Yo. <laughs> she, that shit had me dying, boy. Because it's like, it's so funny to see somebody who tries to pretend like when they see you, like when they go back to their hometown and they try to act like they better than what they was. And then like she gets called out on it. And like, so she's like in this comedic role of like trying to seem like, like she's not still that same person that went to high school, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. And like she just haven't moved forward in life. And to see somebody whose life is basically in shambles, but like is but it's in a comedic type of way. And like she's literally like she's funny. Like it's actually a funny movie. And yeah. like to see her now, the, but this is the thing though, this is the thing about her, what was so great to see her in something like young adults, is because even when you look back at like reindeer games and when you look back at um oh man uh not necessarily devil's advocate but prometheus like oh man prometheus and the um the huntsman's like she 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 plays dude but she she's a villain she's a great villain Yes, and she's really, really good at it because she, like, she was a villain in those movies, and like, like the yeah. Huntsman, and um, and Fate of the Fast and the Furious, like, she is an evil yeah. person, and like, but in Prometheus, though, Prometheus, like, she, she like you said, but she was, she was, was older like, than that, but the the fact that she was willing to risk it all, man, just to make that shit happen in Prometheus, I was like, yo, she is stone cold. She, it was like, she was the, like, I feel like what, um, what's her girl's name from Alien? Uh, uh, Weaver, uh, 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 Weaver. How was her name? Yes, yes. What Sigourney Weaver was as the hero in Alien, or like as that, was she embodied as the, 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 um, the heroine? Like, whatever the uh-huh. opposite of the heroine is, that's what um, that's what Charlie Stern was in Prometheus. Like, like if them two was to come together in a, in some kind of space movie and, like, Sigourney Weaver could have been the, the hero and, like, Charlie Stern would have been the villain, that would have been a great movie, bro. And then, and then, <laughs> this is all time. See, people have to listen to like every episode to get what I'm about to say right here, yeah. right? Because you is a fucking clown. So, Hancock. Oh my god! You talking about? Hey, but well, he was a clown, but you talking I about thought... a villain? <laughs> Yo, a a villain she was Hancock's kryptonite. Man, what? And you was <laughs> the way you put it that one day, I forgot how you put it, but you was like, yo, like for Hancock weakness to be a white woman, but I was like, yo, this dude, right? Here. Come on. I was like, but he is a fucking clown. Like, listen, think about it. He could he could do anything. He was great, bulletproof, all this. Like, couldn't nothing stop this man. 
You know what I'm saying? Dude was dude was trying to clean up his image and all that. Heck, I can't give a fuck about none of that. Next thing you know, he meet this this random white woman. He gets shot. He start bleeding. You like, ah, oh, come on, fam. You mean to tell me this nigga weak? This is a white woman, bro. He ain't got none of his power. Man. And shit. She come save him. Like, man, it, it was it was horrible, man. It was ah. Uh, See, man, see, you got to look at it this way, though, man. You got to look at it this way. Like, they, they're like magnets, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know how when you put a magnet on the wrong side and then it just keeps, you know what I'm saying, pushing each other away? Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. they is. But like, you notice, because they had. If you notice, the further, away, the further away he got from her, the stronger he got. That's a symbol. They try to, that's the message, brother message. They trying to tell you. You got to stay away from them. They're not good for you. When you get to him, you get weak. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Hey, boy. <laughs> hey, boy, you was a damn clown, man. And then the story but I thought that, that shit was, was so them, funny. The story that she was telling them was so tragic, man. She was like, yeah, they killed you this time. They killed you that time. They killed you this time. And he was like, and you was there for all of them? She was like, yeah. I'm like, man, get away from that motherfucker, man. Get out, <laughs> out of there, bro. Get out. Leave. <laughs> Like, get away from hey, her. See, that's what made the story tragic, man. That they was in no, love for centuries, man. Love. <laughs> he was dying because of her. He got killed in the in the 1500s because of her. Man, he didn't get killed, man. He just got injured, man. No, he. You know what I mean. He, <laughs> she said that they killed him. He got killed or killed. He got. I hate what. That shit is hilarious, bro. When you said that the first time, bro, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was like, man, this dude just, is an I wasn't, idiot, man. I wasn't with it, man. I just wasn't with it. I'm like, yo, like, out of all the shit for him to have to go through, man, it just had to be, that. that's what had to be his damn, you know what I'm saying, kryptonite, man. But she, I mean, she's she done some amazing work, bro. Like, um, you know, like, even looking at her credits, man, they got her as, you know what I'm saying? The diva and the model in the Dior fragrance commercials. Like, mm-hmm. how dope is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, Ooh. for her to even be that big of a star to even, you know, excuse me, have those commercials up under her belt. And, you know, they they real picky about who they choose to be the face of, you know what I'm saying, their products. So that just lets you know just how good she is at what she does. Like, I'm looking at a few of her movies, like uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West comedy movie for her to even be able to hold her own in a in a comedy movie um she was in you know saying like we said prometheus the huntsman um she was also in mad max um she was in the second huntsman which was was great uh she's done some voiceover work you know what I'm saying kubo and the two strings um let me see she was in another comedy called the or a tv show called the orville I mean, like, she really has some great work. Like, another voiceover with the, with the Adams Family movie that just came out not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, last we seen her was the old guard. Um, Fast and the Furious, of course. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, she did voiceover work in Astro Boy that came out in 2009. Um, she's had some... She's had some very, very interesting parts. Uh, she was in Arrested Development. Great TV show. Um, 
You know what I'm saying? I mentioned Aeon Flux. You mentioned Monster. She was in the Italian job. You know what I'm saying? How can we yep. get the Italian job? Uh, she did She did her thing in that. You know what I'm saying? She showed she could drive, which is a very hard thing to do in a movie. <laughs> no, for real. I, I mean, I, it's a joke. It's a joke, but I'm serious. That's a very hard thing to do in movies. To be able to, to, be able to have that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because a lot of times, they don't really drive the cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's usually a, um, it's usually like a stunt double that they show. But I watched the, um, well, not a documentary, but you know how they have, like, the behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying, like, extras and all that. And one day it was on, I think, like, AMC or something like that, about Italian job or whatever, the, whatever it is that show the movie and they show all the extras as they show in the movie. I think it was, like, FX or something. But they was actually showing it like her and Mark Wahlberg was actually driving the Mini Coopers. And that's like, you know, you don't really get a chance to see that, you know, outside of stunt doubles and, and stunt people. So for her to actually be driving that car and doing some of the stunts, bro, that was pretty impressive. Um, she was in Legend of Bag Revenge. She was in Men of Honor, Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck, um, the Cider House Rules, like you said, the astronaut's wife. Um, she she's been in some some pretty good movies, man. Like for her to, to for her to be acting in those movies is is pretty good. And then she, her producer credits are crazy. Her producer credits are wild. Yeah, man. And a little known fact, man. In two thousand and yeah, and a and a known and a little you know just throw a little something out there, man. Uh, in two thousand and five, she was ranked fourth in um. In FHM magazine, in the 100 sexiest women in the world. Oh wow! Okay, just to throw that's that. Not bad at all. That's not bad at all. And um, the thing, and the thing is, and oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I I, I was just gonna I was gonna say like man because. Even with that, like, man, you got to think, like, a lot of the times, man, a lot of these girls be getting roles, man, simply because of how they look. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, and this is not a knock, like, it's not a knock at all, but, like, think of somebody like Megan Fox. Wait, you think Megan Fox really got roles because, you know what I'm saying, she was just a great actress? I don't think so. I think Megan Fox really got some of those roles simply because of how she looked. So like you know, when it comes to her, oh yeah, for sure. And then they tried to be funny and do Jennifer's body. And that shit was trash. Yeah, because the, the movie like <laughs> that was like that was the only reason why we checked into the movie because of Jennifer's body. That was it. Like yeah. nobody cared about the plot, what was going on, and all that type of stuff. But like she like really can straight up act, my guy. Like. Like this is not like a situation where you just you just get a face and then like even like the stuff like when it comes to uh like the astronaut's wife like she was man she turned into an alien in this movie man like yeah. <laughs> like come on man <laughs> but um but the but to get back to your point man um did you <laughs> you was making a good point man um you know uh the producer credits man um. You know what? What would what would you headed with that one? Because I interrupted you. Um, she did a a film. Well, 
it, it's not necessarily a film film, but it, it kind of it's like a T. It's one of those straight to TV movies or um, for TV movies. But she did the Hatfields and McCoys, and that was at the time like a real big production. Like a lot of people was talking about that. She did it in 2013, and like a lot of people were really, you know, what I'm saying like in on that. I want to say like Kevin Costner was in it. It was like a bunch of people in that, you know, so like in that movie, and it was a real good, you know, what I'm saying like one of those straight, you know, what I'm saying the TV movies. But um, you know, what I'm saying like like you said, like for her to do some of the stuff she's done, and a lot of the stuff that she's done has been, of course, you know, what I'm saying stuff she's even starting like uh, Monster and, um, you know, Atomic Blonde, like that's, a, to me, I feel like that's a very, very, uh, that's a very telling thing about how, you know, saying about how good you are as an actor but or, or actress, however people want to put it. But, you know, a lot of people don't get a chance to, you know what I'm saying, act and produce the movies that they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's one of those things where, you know, that lets you know, like, they get a lot of the control about, you know what I'm saying, the editing, and they, they re- they're really involved in these movies. So when you see these actors that also have producer credits or director credits, like, you also have to realize, like, they're not just acting. They have to act, and then they have to go make sure that they look right in the editor they're in the right position when it's editing. They have to do that with the rest of the film as well, not just the scenes that they're in. So, I mean, it's like, that's very impressive for her to be able to do the movies that she's done. Like, if you think about a movie like Monster, that's a very serious, dramatic movie. So for her to have to play that role and then jump out of that, be a producer, jump back into that and then continue to the next scene, that's that's not an easy thing to do. Not at all. Not at all. And, and and that's why a lot of the times you don't see a lot of people willing to take on that role because it's such a difficult thing to do because you exactly. like you said, like you gotta sit there and you do it, then you go back, you go behind the camera, you watch it again, and like it, it, it's just mm-hmm. like and then the, the research that had to be done. And then like anytime you playing like when like Monster specifically, exactly. like you know, you have to go back and you got to read police reports. You got to go back and, you know, maybe they made because I remember they made a documentary about her. I don't remember if it came out before or after, but then you have to go back and look at news footage and then you have to get this person's mannerisms. You know what I'm saying? I think the reason and see Monster is also one of those roles where I think of um, where I think of Heath Ledger playing um Joker. Um, Joker, and I think of shit, Jamie oh, Foxx and Ray. Yeah, and it's like when you got footage of somebody and you watch how they stand and how they walk around. I think that she really like watched this lady in court and got like mm-hmm. some of the ways that you know what I'm saying because she would do like these little these little funny faces and like the way she would stand and like do this little rocky thing that she did. And it's like to take that role that serious and to do the things that she did. You know what I'm saying? As far as making herself look the way she did and put that hairspray in her hair to make her hair look like, I mean, yeah, this lady was in the 80s and that's how they wore the hair in the 80s, but that hairdo mm-hmm. was trash. But 
<laughs> and it was like, man, you gotta walk around. Like, man, it was like, man, the airspray, man, it, like, it sticks up in the front and then it goes back like a mullet. I was like, yo, yeah. but that is trash. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but to go through that, man, it was like, yo, man, like, she's the real one for that one. But, like, it, but yeah, yeah it, it, it's tough. I mean, even when you think about somebody like Denzel Washington, like, if if I'm not mistaken, I believe the first one he did like that with Anquan Fisher, but he wasn't the star. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he didn't have to star in the movie, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of that was on Derek Luke. But like she mm-hmm. was a producer and like she's the starring person. I mean, now, you know, shout yeah. out to uh, Christina Ricci, you know, she did a great job as well. But um yeah. But yeah, man, people don't understand how tough that is. And even in young adults, like she was a producer in that, and she was a main character in that as well. So, and but I'm a pre, I'm appreciate that she did uh, Atomic Blonde, and, and I think a lot of that came from Eon Flux, man. I could tell you really, really liked that movie. Yeah. I thought it was dope, yeah. man. Um, I hate how they did. My old girl had uh feet, hand feet. You know what I'm saying? That was that was that was weird looking <laughs> stuff, but uh, <laughs> but but that was uh, but that was dope though. She reminded me of Beast. She had she had beast feet, man. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. remember like, Beast I mean, had the hand just even even that though. <laughs> oh yeah. But, I mean, but like even even if you think about that though, like going from you know what I'm saying, like we just talked about how she was in the dramatic role and then going from that, getting out of that character and then going back to produce and then properly get back into character to you know what I'm saying, switching that on and off. You gotta think about just how you know what I'm saying, how strenuous and tumultuous it is to even be doing that in the action movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to, you know, you got to do, even though, you know, she might not be doing the stunts, it's still, certain, like, this, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just like when people talk about wrestling. Like, they say, oh, wrestling is fake. And I tell them, like, yeah, it's fake. They're not punching each other. They're not kicking each other. But, you know, to jump off a goddamn 20-story cage and fall on top of a table... Ain't nothing fake about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can fucking fall the wrong way and you can be paralyzed for life and you can die. So for her to even be doing certain things in the movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, she may not be, you know, doing the stunts, getting, you know, jumping out of a moving car or getting blown up. But I'm sure there's certain things in there that she's done. And then to have to get up from that, go look at it, talk to the director and go back and do it again the correct way if, if she messed it up. I mean, like, even that, that's something that's, just, you know, that's that's just as strenuous as having to jump in and out of character. So it's like, you know, you start to see just, you know what I'm saying, how good she is at what she does. Like, you really get a chance to, no pun intended, appreciate, you know what I'm saying, what she does throughout her career, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even in, um, she was in, she produced Gringo. She was in Gringo. And that was a great movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the fact that, you know, it's so many different elements going into a movie like that. Like, it's some comedy here. It's some drama there. It's a little bit of action. Like, even her being involved in that, like, you know, you really get to see, you know, how well she is at her, you know, her, her job, just how versatile she is. Like, she's been in comedy. She's been in um, action movies, dramas, you know what I'm saying? Like, rom-coms, like, all kind of shit. Like, just for her to be able to branch out into all those different sections, you start to see why she's, as we 
or as revered as she is and why she has 66 wins when it comes to um, these awards. You know what I'm saying? You, you understand why she's a three-time Oscar-winning lead actress. You know what I'm saying? You get it because, you know, you know the, the effort and the work that she's put in. Yes, sir. Hundred <clears throat> percent in agreement, man. So we ready for our? Uh, well, yeah, we still we still can call them bitches fire flame. Yeah, we 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 do the uh, fire flame top three. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we gonna do you know what I'm saying as as usual for people who are new to it. You know what I'm saying? We do a top three anytime we do. An appreciation episode, whether it be an actress, actor, producer, director, whatever, you know, whoever we are showing love to and giving the flowers to, we always make sure, you know what I'm saying, we do a top three of all their projects that are our favorites, of course. And of course, you know what I'm saying, we give out an honorable mention because, you know, it's always that one person that's like, man, you forgot this one. So hopefully we don't have too many of those out there in the comments. So, um, it's on you, brother. What you got? All right, man. Um, so I'm gonna get my honorable mention um, first. Uh, and I, I just I think the movie is just dope as hell. But um, and it, and the people that she was just in it with. I mean, when you look at the roster, um, the Devil's Advocate. Like, I mean, Al Pacino, fucking yeah. uh, 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 Keanu Reeves. It was just like that movie was just so dope, and then like the stuff that it played off of, like the movie itself, is just really like a straight up classic. Mm-hmm. Man, it goes off of you know the you know the sins and all this type of stuff, and what you for fame and a whole bunch of devil devil work, not worship, but devil and God stuff. So it, it was it was real dope. But anyway, um, my number three movie, yeah. man, um, Charlie Theron, man, I, I gotta go. Uh, the Italian Job. Italian job was very dope. Um, you know, she started okay. with Mark Wahlberg. It, it was just uh, we 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 spoke about it when we did F. Gary Gray, uh, the appreciation episode on him. So, uh, yep. shout out to him with the Italian job. Uh, number two, man, surprise, surprise, man, on uh, the old guard, man. I thought I thought the old guard. I thought Netflix killed it. Um, yeah, the concept of it was great. You know what I'm saying? Um, they they leaving it open. For a possible uh, number two, so hopefully they they able to get that done. You know, with the vaccination going around, maybe it can speed some of this stuff up. But man, my number one man, I talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, man. It's it's, it's monster, man. Like it was just yeah. overall a great movie, man. You know, I've I've even watched documentary on the lady. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's a it's a it's a wild, fascinating story, and. You know, when it comes to these these murder, well, serial killers. She was she was like one of the like latest like serial killers, dude. Like, I mean, she was doing this shit in the like the late eighties. So, um, so I got I got to give it up for Monster Man. That's my that's my number one Charlize Theron movie. Okay, okay. Um, for me, man, my honorable mention is The Old Guard. Um, like you know, what I'm saying you said it, it was a great movie. Um. <clears throat> It wasn't really like a big cast or anything like that, but Charlize Theron was, you know what I'm saying, the lead in it. She did her thing. Um, the storyline of it was great. The concept, like you said, of it was great. 
they did leave it open. Interesting fact, the um, the person that she basically passing the torch to was the oldest daughter in coming to America. So y'all go check that out. Um, yeah, it is. Oh, shit. And, and listen, and listen, she was she was nice in the old guard. She was fine in coming to America too. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, my number three is uh, the Italian job. Um, great movie, great cast. F. Gary Gray, he did his thing. Um, like I said, it was interesting to you know what I'm saying to see how they put everything together. You know, the cast itself was already wild. But the fact that, you know what I'm saying, they did a lot of the driving and stuff like that themselves, that kind of gave it, you know what I'm saying, that feel of authenticity. So you kind of understood why it was the movie that it was. Um, my number two is Prometheus. Great movie. Um, great cast. Storyline was amazing. And then the fact that, you know, it was a part of, you know what I'm saying, the Alien and Predator universe. I thought that that was dope. You know what I'm saying? The fact that, you know, you kind of, it, it kind of told the story of, you know, all of that happening before, you know, so like Alien and all that shit happened. So, you know, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, I, Yo, I still kind of go and, back and watch it today. Just to, and, so, and shout out to, I think you say it like this, uh, uh, Naomi, uh, I forget how you say it, Naomi Rampage. Love her, dude. Like the the main character, yeah. dude. She dope. Everything she play in, she dope. Yeah. You remember? Remember she she played in uh, what happened to Monday? Yeah. yeah, that was a great movie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for her to for her to play seven different characters was yeah. That was great. <laughs> um, um, but no, Prometheus. No, for real, that was dope as hell though. But but Prometheus, man, for real, like. You know what I'm saying? For that to be affiliated with, you know what I'm saying, the Alien franchise, the the Predator franchise, and to see, you know what I'm saying, kind of all that come together, you know, it kind of gave you some, um, it kind of gave you like some insight into, you know what I'm saying, those movies, those stories, the the backgrounds of them, that was great. Um, and then, of course, you know what I'm saying, I already said it, man, Aeon Flux, that's, that's my joint. Dystopian future type movie, you know what I'm saying, she playing like an assassin, she she whooping ass left and right, you know what I'm saying? She got the government on her back, you know what I'm saying? She fighting against the man. It was a good movie, man. She she really did her thing. She looked good in it, doing it as well. Um, that that leather suit, boy, that leather suit get a great time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that leather suit get a hey, but, time, man. Every time, but oh, you know who a name you forgot to mention. And man, Ooh. hey, but this is the battle of the leather suits, boy. Kate Beckinsale in Underworld. Uh, I know. I was, I was about one. to go down the list. I was about to say. I was about to say Kate Beckinsale. I was about to say Halle Berry and Catwoman. She had that leather suit. Catwoman. On. She was killing it. You know Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. She played it. Yeah. Oh no, bump Michelle true. Pfeiffer. But no, Anne Hathaway. Yes, yes, Anne Hathaway did look good. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer was all right. You know, she was <laughs> '90s good. She was maybe good, but when Halle Berry put that thing on, buddy, woo, 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 hey, she started nice. swinging that whip. I was like, oh my, oh my. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson was 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 in the leather cap suit as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's been a few of them that's done mm-hmm. that done the cat suit. It was it was pretty good, but but Shelly Stern is. 
She she could she she make a case for top five, definitely. But Aeon Flux was a great okay. movie, man. It was a it was really a great movie. I go back and watch it from time to time just cause, but it's a great movie. Especially when when she was okay. uh, she did the she did the the flip, and then when she did the flip, she caught herself and she was about to fall on the grass, but the grass had turned into needles and shit, and she was like, "Don't yeah. touch from it." Yeah, yo, I was like, yep. I was like, oh shit, like it was. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was one of those good movies, man. Like, it was a bunch of acrobatics and shit into it. So, great movie, man. Yes, sir. I ain't mad at it. We had one. We had one. Uh, the Italian job. Same spot at the three spot. Yeah, we had... The, you said the old guard? Yeah, man. Um, so, uh... Well, you had Old Guard as an honorable mention. I had Old Guard as number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 kind of was in the same wheelhouse. Yeah, similar, similar. You know what I'm saying? I I, I threw in the Devil's Advocate and, and Monster. So, but man, everybody know uh, oh, yeah. what's coming up next. Uh, we got we got um. Episode four of Snowfall. Um, yeah, some of the cat is out the bag. Um, we saw uh, I saw a preview, a clip. It, it's the dinner. So the dinner yeah. is going to be the next episode. Not dinner, like they had it during the day. So like yeah. a lunch. So uh, Franklin sat down with uh, Paul Davis. So obviously they had a conversation. Um, but what else? What else are you expecting from uh, from episode four, man? Scully. Scully is going to fuck something up. I don't know if it's going to be something that Brooklyn does. I don't know if it's going to be coming in the Louis uh, club. I don't even know if it's going to be attacking Leon. Or maybe finding out, you know what I'm saying, that, that man boy's still around. And, and maybe they get man boy. I don't know yet. But I expect Scully this episode. If we don't get Scully in this episode... I feel like we'll probably see him around like six or seven. But um, outside of that, I am interested to see exactly how Franklin plays this deal out. Because I think that the the last episode that happened when he had, you know, talked to the people, the store owners, um, that didn't really sit right with, with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, he, you know what they did for him and, you know, kind of helped him and taught him some stuff about, you know what I'm saying, the community and everything like that. And they've always been there. So I think that he's going to make that right, if not anything. Because um, Alton is Alton was very disappointed in that. And hopefully this is uh, the episode where Irene um, gets a, a good scaring. Hopefully they do something to Irene in this episode. Maybe bust their windows or you know saying vandalize her car or something or send her a note but they got to do something to irene they gotta get this bride out of here she about to bring down the whole empire (laughs) (laughs) hey boy you be killing her boy it'd be so funny (laughs) i can't stand her man but yeah man i'm really excited man to actually come out tonight man um but you know i i'll be getting it in Tomorrow. Also, um, what's gonna be happening tomorrow is uh, you know what I'm saying? I got I got an interview coming up with 
somebody you know very well. So that's going to be very dope. So be on the lookout for the next 28 minutes. Unless, I don't think I'm going to put it out yet. You know what I'm saying? I got to let this one with, uh, with the AD simmer for a little bit. But um, got another big one coming yeah. up. But before we get out of here, man, is uh, <laughs> I was telling you because like, because like honestly, like we don't we don't really check this shit like that. Um, but we all we always uh, accept everything that we can get, man. As far as whether it's it's good things or bad things, and uh, I, so I went on our, our Apple page uh, for the viewers anonymous, and we up to five ratings, and. Uh, you know, somebody felt, you know, one person felt that should give us a one star, man. So, uh, but, man, we appreciate that. Man. We, we appreciate that you took the time to, to go yeah, to the rating spot do, and Thank hit you, that dude. one star. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, it's not a hard thing to do, but I mean, you know, but we appreciate all of them, man. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go as far as, like, uh, I listen mm-hmm. to uh, Bomani Jones sometimes. And but Money Jones be saying, like, you know, give me that five rate. He's like, he's like, if you give me anything below a five rate, you're a hater. You know he says that before every podcast. I'm not. So, I, so I'm not gonna say yeah, that. I, I'm not gonna say that. I appreciate anybody who yeah, now I appreciate anybody who listens to it and, and gives us an honest rate. And I mean, if you feel like, you know what I'm saying, we not what you, you know, your your cup of tea or whatever, then that's cool. Um, I really just appreciate the time that you took to even give us any kind of rating. I wish they'd have left a comment and let us know, you know what I'm saying, what they would like to hear from us or what they thought was bad. But, you know, time ago, time of time of tell, man, you know, hopefully more people go out and, you know what I'm saying, actually put that effort in and, and actually do that. But, you know what I'm saying, salute to that person, man. And also salute to uh... – we got we got a, a comment from March the third, man. It says Beyond Atlanta. They put fun podcast, you know, excavation point, and it says the hosts really care about each movie and TV show, and it's refreshing to see great podcasts. So appreciate uh Beyond Atlanta for that yeah, uh, great comment, man. Thank you very um, much. Yeah, man. Every yeah, man. Everybody's willing, you know. Y'all can leave something, whether it's good or bad, man. We, we take it all criticisms. Yeah. Praise, we'll take it all. So appreciate everybody who took the time to do that. For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think the the important thing is like when people tell us, you know, saying they like it or they don't like it or what they like about it or what they don't like about it. Like at the end of the day, it really helps us, you know, saying to cultivate a better podcast. So, you know, criticism is just what it is, it's criticism. We don't take any offense to it, we don't get mad at it. Um you know what I'm saying? It's, if, if anything, we appreciate it the most because, you know, a lot of times I've been, you know what I'm saying, just like as I've been doing this for four years, and I've been a part of a podcast where people didn't leave no comments. So, you know what I'm saying? Or, or a rating at that. So, you know, the fact that people are actually, you know, giving us some type of feedback for a change, is, uh, it's refreshing. It's very refreshing. Oh, yeah. For sure, man, for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, before we get out of here, man, uh, everybody, please go check out uh, the last. Uh, like I said, it's a double feature, man, the Stolen Time podcast and the 28 Minutes or Less. It's the same thing, man, uh, the AD, man, featuring Willie McGee. I appreciate the people who has already heard it. I appreciate him coming on. So please go check that out, man. I felt like it was a great interview. Um you can go to uh, the Stolen Time Pie and S.Foster8 on Instagram. 
Um, you can go to uh, oh, S. Foster A also on Twitter on the Stolen Time Podcast page on Facebook, and uh, also you can get everything on the VA Podcast Watch Group page. Um, you know, we're still trying to grow that some more. So everybody, if you can go out and join that, um, that that place is where you can get everything, man. We put up clips of the show. Like if you if you're not sure if you really want to check something out, you know what I'm saying? We'll put a clip up. See if that clip can engage you to pull you in. Um, it got clips. It got, you know what I'm saying, the links. Everything. Everything you need is on the VA Podcast Watch Group page. Yes, indeed, man. Um, You guys can follow me on Twitter at Schools Branson. You can follow me on Instagram at Schools Branson underscore TV. Uh, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, we on YouTube. Uh, the channel is Schools Branson TV. Um, you can always just search Viewers Anonymous Podcast. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? I'm, I got some 15 Minutes of Fame episodes that I'm working on that's going to be coming out real soon. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I, I get people uh, in the right time slots. So kind of in like uh, negotiations right now with it. But um, I, got a, I got some people lined up that I got to be coming out very soon. And, um, man, I I have slowly but surely been just getting stuff together here and there. I got some stuff that I got coming out this year. Hopefully, um, you know, so this COVID thing can lift. So if it does, be on the lookout for um, an exciting uh, – I don't want to call it a game show, but it's kind of like a game show. But um, we're doing like a, a – uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, hits on the street type game. So bringing that back, you know what I'm saying, from the old school BET days, it'll be called Schools Bronson, Man of the Streets. I've been working on all kinds of graphics and everything for it. Just, you know, just about to have some fun, man. I, I, I went out and got me a camera last year, um, hoping that, you know, I was going to be able to go and do some things, but COVID hit, kind of canceled the plan. So, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to keep it revamped for this year. Um I got some footage, but I don't know if I'm going to use that because it's a little bit older, but definitely going out to get some new footage. So, yeah, I got some I got some stuff up my sleeve, man. You know what I'm saying? Just stay tuned to the, you know what I'm saying, YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you're just now listening. Make sure you go subscribe to the 15 Minutes of Fame, of course. Um, it's just podcast only. Um, make sure you go subscribe to 28 Minutes or Less, still in time. And, uh that's all I got, man. I am uh, tapped out. So thank you guys for the support. We appreciate you guys. See you guys Friday. Make sure you guys get caught up on Snowfall so, you know what I'm saying, you can get on here and talk with us and chat with us about it and all that good stuff. And you already know we go live every Tuesday and Friday. Things came up, so, you know, we had to switch a day. But from now on, we'll make sure we hit you guys up and, and give you an alert if we got to switch or anything like that because, you know what I'm saying, the schedule is is what you guys look for the most. But life happens, man. So either you know you got to roll with it or suck it up. So with that being said, like they said, Hollywood, man, that's a wrap. Cut.